previously on Point of Pittsburgh, the podcast. Steve, did you catch Pirate Fever? Yeah, I, I think I got a meeting tomorrow, but I think on Saturday I'm going to start to camp out for playoff tickets. So I just want to know if you purchased your tickets to the hottest roller coaster ride in town. Pirate team is sinking worse than that submarine trying to look for the Titanic. I guess I'm just sort of sad. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 44 of the Point of Pittsburgh podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve Dimaselli. Steve, uh, last week we introduced a new segment. I kind of liked it. It was called Where'd You Eat Last Week? And uh, why don't you lead us off? Yeah, so uh, I ate at SPAC Brothers yesterday, so not, nothing uh, really, you know, crazy. Uh, I've been yeah. there plenty of times, but they've got a really, 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 they still have one of the more cutting edge, innovative menus in the city. And I mean, like it's, uh, you know, with the the closures of a lot of the like vegan type restaurants around town, I mean, it's it's one of the, the few places that I feel like, uh, you know, vegetarians can go and, and eat. Not that I am. But, uh, I mean, last week I obviously said I ate pork belly. It's not like I became a vegan overnight or anything like that. But uh, I did have the, I had the seitan cheesesteak, um, you know, and that was pretty, uh, pretty solid in my book. So, um, you know, I, I also had cheese fries as well, and those were not great. But uh, it, it's a classic. I, I, I enjoy... Um, I, I enjoy SPAC. I enjoy what Garfield's become. We were hanging out at Two Phrase, the brewery, a couple doors down. And that's uh, that was a really fun time on a really nice, uh, beautiful summer evening. Well, not summer anymore, yeah. but late fall. Early fall. Early fall. Well, yeah. So yeah. get it get it in while it, you can. Indian summer? Was what, we still, I don't know. Are we still allowed to call it? I mean, you call it whatever you want, man. I, I, it's up to you. But um, I don't think... I don't know if I, I thought with that it had to get cold first and then like warm up again. Like it would be like it gets down, like not cold, but like cool, like, you know, f- you know, like 50s highs for a couple of weeks or something like that. And then it gets uh, it gets a little warm again. I think that's I think that's the rules for that. Interesting. OK. Um. So I was able to eat at one of my favorite places uh, kind of like up north a little bit it's in mars it's called breakneck tavern um and went there for a business lunch which is always the best because you can expense it and uh just had a really good uh burger there i'm trying to remember what exactly i think it's actually literally called the breakneck burger now that i'm thinking about it um and it's just a really solid place i like the vibe inside they have a Really expansive beer menu that I think you would like. Uh, and it's just a place that I enjoy. And I, every time I'm kind of up in that area for business, I try to stop in there. Um, they have some good pork belly tacos, speaking of pork belly. And nice. they have a r- really good uh, fried chicken sandwich. Um, they do a lot of the, the, bur- the brining of the chicken in-house and make their own pickles and whatnot. And, uh, it's just a good place. So do you, do you, do you, do you eat outside of Butler County at this point or what? Well, you know, I'm obviously in Allegheny and then, uh, my business takes me to sure, part, sure. 
parts unknown at time. I see. So I see. yeah, yeah. I try to I try to find a couple spots here and there. It's hard in some some places. <laughs> well, but, onto uh, the baseball, I guess. Onto baseball. So, uh, we're going to lead off with, you know, we're in the full post-mortem section of the season here for the Pirates. MLB playoffs have started. Uh, there's already some team fan bases that are extremely salty because their teams have been swept out in the best of threes already. But, uh, you know, screw them. So, wanted to start off by thinking about April and that magical time that feels like it was two and a half years ago when the Pirates were 20 and eight after the, uh, at the end of April. And you put together a little chart here of how Pirates, certain Pirates had certain wars in the month of April and how they finished their full season. And it was basically like, um, was this a fluke or not? So you want to, you want to take over from here for a little bit? Yeah, so I mean, I think it's easy to say that April wasn't real. Um, And I mean, I've stood by this for most of the season that, you know, we weren't getting ahead of ourselves. We weren't getting ahead of ourselves. Like, you know, I mean, I think we both bumped up our preseason predictions by about like, what, 10 games at least. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. so I've been, you know, I've been trying to pat myself on the back and and say no, you know what? I, there, it wasn't a fluke. The numbers bore, or, you know, the, the numbers, the numbers for this team, um, you know, really suggested that they were better than they were the rest of the season in that month. And and, and I think when you look at this, when you look at everything as a whole, um, that that's definitely the case. Um, you know, looking at and, and we knew what the team statistics were when things hit hit the, 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 the skids. Okay. Um, as far as hitting goes, the pirates were third overall in, in F4 after, you know, the month of April, Uh, that's not, that's not the NL. That is the entirety of baseball. They had the third highest F4, uh, higher than the Braves. Okay. Uh, in April. Okay. Run scored. They were fifth OPS. They were third. Uh, WRC plus, they were fourth. Okay. Pitching, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. quite as strong as, as, as the hitting was. Uh, but I, I mean, they were eighth in F4. They were seventh in ERA, seventh in FIP, 15th in XFIP though. So maybe that was a little bit more predictive. They ended up finishing the season 20th there. Um, but I, I mean, so maybe that was kind of a little prediction of a, of a, of a, of a you know, chink in the armor. Um, that being said, 15th is still fine. You know, that still puts you middle of the pack. And if you're hitting as well as they were, um, for the first month that, uh, that's sustainable, you know, potentially you could make that formula work. All right. Um, runs allowed. They were eighth, uh, you know, uh, like if we're looking at raw runs, really respectable numbers. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with any of that. And that, that's crazy to me because, you know, in my adult brain, it, yeah, it just felt like in April, everything was was on full rip and you were getting like Vince Velasquez uh, quality starts and, you know, Rich Hill was defying father mm-hmm. time and, you know, Mitch Keller and, 
and Johan Oviedo were doing their thing. Um, and obviously, I'm not going to sit here and poo-poo like seventh and eighth over in the entire league. But, I mean, it almost felt like at times the pitching was carrying the team, but it was really the hitting that was kind of keeping the ship floating. Sure. And, and I mean, even Ronzi that first month was was doing his thing. Like, he didn't really start to struggle until May. But we'll, we'll get more into him in a second. Um, when I compare this year's teams to other teams, other Pirates teams that sort of flopped and and just sort of tanked, um, you know, like I'm talking the, I, I believe it was, you know, 2013, 20, uh, excuse me, 20, 2011, 2012, those years where, where things were, were looking good and then they sort of fell apart. I mean, obviously looking good much deeper into the season. But I mean, those numbers were, th- those those teams were borderline teams. Those were actually, you know, um, the, those teams, the, the pitching numbers were more around where the XFIP was, the hitting numbers were way down. So, I mean, the, those teams were getting by on, um, you know, it was, it was rubber bands and sticks with that team and, 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 and they were bound to fall apart. Like this one, it makes a hell of a lot less sense that it actually collapsed. Um, and I think the reality of it is, and I, I would imagine you would agree with me on this, um, the reality of it is, is, is the players that were performing just weren't gonna continue to perform at that level. They're just not; they weren't capable of sustaining it in all likelihood. You know, um, you know. And I look at individual players, F wars for the, uh, the the full season. Um, you know, Jack Sawinski had a one F four in April. He had a 2.7 F4 for the entire season. So while I don't think, collectively, I don't think he had a horrible season, I think he had a really nice September, honestly. Um, you know, he put up almost the third of his F4 in, in the first month. Uh, Ryan, uh, Brian Reynolds, who we do know can, we know that he can handle, um, you know, put up numbers over a full season. He had a 0.9 F4 at the end of April and 0.23 for the entire season. So again, almost a quarter of his F4, uh, or excuse me, again, almost a third of his F4, or over a third of his F4 was, um, we saw that in the first month of the season. And I know you you talked about, um, you, you think that, 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 that there were some injuries that were kind of holding him back the whole year, and that may well be true. Um, you know, uh, the data might, that, that, the data might suggest that and might indicate that. Um, Connor Joe, 0.9 F4 in April. 1.9 F4 for, or for the full season. So he legitimately put up almost half of his value in the first month. Very, very close. Johan, or not Johan Santana. That's, that's a different, that's a different Santana. Um, point, uh, Carlos Santana, uh, 0.5 F4 in April, 1 F4 for the entire season. Um, so yeah, a full half of his F4. I mean, then you've got some some hitters that just completely tanked. Like Tuca Pita Marcano, he was uh, replacement level, a little better than replacement level in April. He was negative 0.4 F4 for the four, full season. G, uh, G1 Bay, 0.2 F4 in April, negative 0.3 for the season. Uh, Rodolfo Castro, the now departed Rodolfo Castro. And this one's pretty extreme. 0.4 F4 in April. Point, negative 0.3 F4 for his time in Pittsburgh. His He was negative in, in Philadelphia as well. So, um, 
you know, he he's compounded on that. I, I I didn't look at what his Philly numbers were like. Doesn't really matter to me. But he was an he was a, a full negative seven F four swing from the beginning of the season to to where he ended his Pirates career. So you can kind of see just on those numbers alone, you can see why the offense fell apart. Yeah, I mean, there's, it, I get, I, you know, I always think of this theory that the, I believe it's the Japanese have, uh, it, they, they call it the triple, the triple peak theory. And it's like, when you're physical, your mental and your spiritual are all lined up, you're at your perfect when they're at the, at the peak. Mm-hmm. But there's also times when your physical, your mental and your spiritual on a sinusoidal curve all line up at the bottom and you are feeling terrible. Right. Uh, it just feels like the pirates had a triple peak in April and like yeah. everybody was just running on pure vibes and it, you know, I, I'd love to go back to some of those early episodes and you could like probably hear it in both of our voices. Like, is this team for real? And we're like, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, I, I just felt like we, we just, we held out as long as we could, you know? Yeah. Um, I just didn't, I just didn't believe it. And I, it, I ruined my own cardinal rule, which is don't even bother worrying about the standings until June 1st. Mm-hmm. Like the standings don't mean anything, you know? Right. But we just, we just got so swept up because it was just such an amazing run that they were on. Um, and that, that unfortunately happens. And, and I think it was those meaningful team numbers. I think that really brings us back. And I think that's a huge part of why we got sucked in. It, as I was doing the intro to this episode, the previously on, I actually went back and listened to a lot of those like sort of early episodes. And, and honestly, and this is going to be sad, we legitimately had one joyous episode where we kind of allowed ourselves to sort of like dream a little bit. And then by the next episode, they had been, they, they had their asses handed to them by the rays. So like, <laughs> it, it just didn't, it just didn't last very long at all. I mean, like you can sort of hear like, you can just sort of hear things falling off, the wheels falling off pretty quickly just from that. Uh, I, I think all of those um, all of those clips that I use came from like a 12 episode span. So like <laughs> I think, you know, so it's it's pretty wild, man. Like so. Um, but yeah, it's uh, as far as the pitchers go, we I, it wasn't nearly as extreme the fall offs in terms of performances or those the you know the front heavy performances I guess I should say, um, Bednar is really the only one that really crushed in, um, in in April and really he still had a fine season overall, um, but he had a point nine WAR coming out of April he had a two point three WAR uh, season so really. Uh, a point nine. Um, I mean, that's that again. That's a third of his uh, value coming that first month. But he's a relief pitcher, so I'm I'm still great with that. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it, you know, two, 1.2 F four over the season or one point four F four over a full season is is a great, great, great season for a reliever. Yeah, my rule of thumb with relievers is you always take their WAR and triple it, and that's yeah. what he would be as a starter. So, you know, by that rule of thumb, he would have 6.9 war as a starter. And that's basically like, hmm, are you a Cy Young candidate? Yeah. 
Uh, and that's essentially what he is, because I always consider him to be one of the top three uh, relievers in the game. So, yeah, no notes on Bednar, really. He did, I mean, but I think it speaks to just how incredible his April actually was. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, oh, yeah. he would have been on pace. You know, I mean, you figure six months for the whole season. He was on, he was on a five, or I mean, he was on a five and a half F4 or F4 pace. You know, yeah. times three. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was an all-timer, like, pace. Like, there was no way that he was going to keep that up. I, I mean, like, let's be honest. So, um as far two, as the rest of the pitchers go, oh, go ahead, go ahead. More oh, I was just going to say, just two pitchers finished ahead of him this year as relievers. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was Felix Bautista, you know, okay. poor, one out for, poor one out for his 2024 campaign. And the other was Tanner Scott from Miami. Huh. Uh, mm-hmm, yeah. He had, a two point, he had a 2.8 war. So, hat tip to you. That would have so, been nice to okay. get him. That would have been nice if that he was the Scott that they got in the uh, J- Jacob Stallings trade. Yeah, I think they tried to do that, and then they realized That's... at the last second that they were trying to get a fast one pulled on him. So. Oh, you, we sent you Connor. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So I don't even know if he. I, I don't know enough about that guy. I didn't even know if he was a Marlin at the time. So or if he was any good. Was he good? Has he been good for a while? Um, we'll say sure. Has he? Yeah. All right. Here, let me see. He was actually, I'm looking him up. He was actually with Baltimore at the time. Oh, was he? Okay. So And he was just a dude. Okay. Like a, All right. Like okay, that's what I thought. I mean, I I've really never heard of him before, so Yeah. Um, yeah, he just he kind of flared up this year. He decided to stop walking people apparently. Oh, that's neat. That'll help. So yeah, anyway. That's a neat trick. Yep. Speak speaking of guys that need to walk fewer people, um, so the rest of the pitchers are, um, you know, they're, they're just more of the guys that completely fell off. Um, Ronzi had a .8 F4 out of April, which I don't remember that. And, and like, I just, I've sort of lumped in his whole season with being, like, hot trash, but he did have a good April. <laughs> he ended up finishing the season with a .1 F4. So he is a negative 7 F4. So basically, good start, fell off the face of the earth, you know, a la, you know, Rodolfo Castro. So, um, Dwayne Edward Jr., Robert Stevenson, you know, uh, they had, they combined for 0.5 F4, uh, in April. They finished their Pirates tenures with negative 0.4 F4. And that wasn't much long. That wasn't that long after that, you know? So, I mean, you know, that was, they had, they had 19 innings pitched together, uh, combined for the Pirates and they had 19 innings pitched that, you know, after, April, you know, so 19 innings pitched in April for the two of them, 19 innings pitched after, and and basically, you know, just just completely tanked, you know, negative, I believe negative nine F4 for them combined in those uh, 18 innings, which is really, really hard to do. Like, as hard as it is for, for David Bednar to be, you know, 0.9 <laughs> in a month, it's just as hard for those two to be negative 0.9 or, or pretty yeah. darn close to, to that, you know? So, right. Right. So, I mean, you just, these numbers weren't sustainable. I mean, obviously of the injuries, I mean, Cruz, he, he, you know, he got hurt before the goodwill train really took off. Um, so, I mean, it's hard to say like, you know, that he really factored in, but you know, when, when some of these other guys slid, you know, uh, no pun intended, um, you know, it would have been nice to have Cruz there because maybe his back could have picked them up. Velasquez, 
you know, I, I mean, the depth was already gone for the Pirates when he got hurt. So once he did, uh, you know, that was that was it. And, and I mean, he had a .7 F4 in that first month. So, I mean, he was lights out. Like, that's a good, good number for a month. So I, I don't think, at the end of the day, I don't think April was a fluke. I think they were a legitimately good team that just couldn't sustain. I mean, do you think that's a fair argument? They weren't at a 20 and 8 pace, but they sure felt like they were going to finish over 500. Sure. I agree. You know? And and that kind of leads us into what we're going to talk about next. It's like, well, as a whole writ large, how should we feel about this season? And this is a good time to say that coming into the season, uh, preseason, were you at 73 or 74? 73, I believe, is where I was at. Yeah. And I was at 78, and lo and behold, Pirates decided to go full Sophie's Choice and split the baby and uh, mm-hmm. finish with 76, right in between me and you. So... I mean, by Price is Right rules, though, I win, right? Yes, of course. Yes. Okay. By Price, by price is Right rules. Um but man, it's so hard to shake that 20 and 8 and not feel that this was a huge, huge disappointment. You know, so essentially they had one phenomenal month and then August, September were essentially 500 months. But that means that they had three months that were either absolute trash or just slightly below. And um, it's just it's just hard for me to believe it after going 20 and 8 that they didn't at least have a winning season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's doable, though. I mean, again, that's why you don't look at the standings until June 1st. You know? That's right. Um, that's right. I, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, it ha- has happened. I'm sure it has happened before, you know, where a team is the third best in baseball and is just absolutely no, or second best in baseball at the end of April and is just nowhere when it comes time I, for the playoffs. Or the Actually, playoffs, that's you fun- know? it's funny you say that because I saw in... Twitter that someone put a tweet out saying that the Pirates are the first team that had 20 wins in the month of April or or greater to finish below 500 and they listed like all the other teams and like the closest one was something like 86 wins you know or 84 really? or something like that that's surprising yeah. I did not see it, that yeah I'll well never mind history has been made I guess yeah they when the pirates go full pirate, they decide to go for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, here's my thing, though. Again, you can compare this team to what they were in April, all that you want. And they were a very good team in April. If I'm comparing them to last year's team, just side by side with last year's team, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's hard not to be, you know, pretty happy. Um, I mean, last year's team put them in a position to draft number one overall, okay? They've got about a 3% chance of getting there this year, which, you know, I'd rather them win the the, the lottery again than the Cardinals, you know? So um, it's hard for me to complain when they improve by 14 wins like that's a pretty substantial mm-hmm. hike in the right direction i mean i understand that there's this this line of 500 ball that people put such an emphasis on because of you know 20 years of losing i don't really care that much about 500 i think this team ultimately is in a better position 
to 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 move forward and and get to the playoffs. You got some guys that came up and got some experience at the major league level in a lower pressure situation. Like, could you imagine what would have happened if Andy Rodriguez would have come up in OPS plus to under sixty for a little while, um, while the Pirates were in a pennant race? You know what I mean? Yeah. Basically, come up and like and 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 Austin Hedges at the plate. He didn't Austin Hedge at the plate. He was not that bad, but. I mean, like, struggled at the plate for a while, like, while they were having important at-bats, like, after everybody had been clamoring for him all year long. Like, it took the pressure off some of these guys. And I'm not going to say that I would rather the pressure not be on. I would have rather seen the pressure be on because I want to see this team win. But there were some benefits. There was a baseline benefit to them uh, struggling because they, they got to get these guys up and they got to actually be rookies. Andy Rodriguez would have had to finish the year in triple a in all likelihood with his hitting numbers uh as they were yeah so i i mean so here here's a here's a quiz for you here's a quiz for you i I know you love when i quiz you just straight out of the blue the pirates had eight players exceed their rookie status uh either by at-bats innings pitched or in the case of one of them service time how many of those eight can you name off the rip? Um, Triolo, MD, yep. Yep. Uh, Malidzinski. He's the service time guy. Uh, yeah. He's the service time guy. Okay. Yeah, because um, he didn't he didn't exceed forty innings. You know, as a reliever, of course. Okay. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I don't think Nick Gonzalez got there. Uh, nope, he did not. I don't think um, I, L.L. Ortiz, as I'm calling mm-hmm. him now, um, <laughs> he got there. Uh, how many more? I got three more to go. You got four. Yeah. How many more do I get to go? Four? I thought I had more Still, than that. Four. No, I, you guessed four right. and there's four more. No, left. Andy Trollo. You have Andy right. Trollo. Um, Mladzinski. Yep. Uh huh. It's it's uh, fascinating. Jihuan uh, Bay. Yep. Um, yep. This is really interesting. Are you going to save I'm the most on? obvious one for last? Yeah. Okay. Really, I'm. It's probably it's probably the most you, obvious one because I'm I'm just like it, you know I'm I'm just used to yeah. thinking about this guy. Um, yeah, you got you got uh, two more. I'll give you. I don't know. I'm seriously. I'll I'm give you one. Quinn Priester in his last start. Well, Henry Davis, man. Did I? Did Henry Davis get there? There you go. Okay. He he sure did. Okay. That was the most obvious. Oh, one. I didn't yeah. realize Quinn did. Okay. So. So by that token, that's a lot of rookies that they incorporated yeah. in, and you can make the case that to varying degrees. All eight of them are going to be playing some sort of role for next year's team to varying degrees. Sure. Um, that it, so from that perspective, breaking them in, you know, knocking the rust off of them, it was a good year for that. Now their numbers didn't exactly bear it out, but they got acclimated, and sure. you're starting to see that critical mass of talent that I'm always preaching about. That it's it's here. But they desperately need to augment it this offseason with either trades or free agency, which sure. is, you know, catnip for a future episode 
for us uh, once the leaves start to fall off the trees. Yeah, that's that one's right around the corner. I mean, we're going to be. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll spend a lot of Bob Nutting's money uh, before mm-hmm. this one's over. So, oh, yeah. um, and I definitely have some ideas, and I agree with you 100. They need a starting pitcher. They need solutions at first base, and I don't know. The first base problem is is not one that I envy them for having at this point. But and they're not the only ones in the first base dilemma boat. Um, there's a lot of teams that are struggling in that department. Um, yeah, there's a lot of options though. I, I you know uh, in in free agency for for that uh, for that like top three sort of pitcher uh, for them. That's that that one's going to be a little easy. The first base, you know, right field possibly. That's going to be a much, much bigger challenge. Yep. Yep. So overall, just like a quick 30 seconds, would you say that this was a successful season? Sure. I think so. I mean, I don't want to say it's a successful season, but I think it was progress. So I'm not going to say success, but I will say that they made some progress this year. Yeah. I, I think it was, if you go on the preseason expectations, it was right on track. If you go by the April 30th expectations, it was a wild disappointment. And so the real answer, as always, sure. is somewhere in between. All right. Well, we got about uh, sure. a few minutes left here on the old ticker. So let's just kind of kick it around and say three stars for the season. And i got to imagine that in some order me and you're going to have the same three stars. So I'm going to let you lead it off first. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I think our third star is going to differ. I know our, I know our two and three are going to be exactly the same, but I'm going to have key Brian Hayes as my third star. He really came on in the second half. uh, And, and he was starting to, uh, he's starting to look like the dude that uh, we hoped he would be, uh, especially when he signed that extension. So I'm going with key Brian Hayes. Where, where are you at with your number three? Um, this is probably just my own personal bias on him, but I'm going with Oviedo. I'm going with Oviedo. Um, I think he was a revelation, uh, at times this year. I mean, you look at that stat line, I believe it was 16 starts. Maybe it was at least 15, maybe 16. We allowed zero or one runs in his starts. And to me, he is a, perfect candidate to go into the lab this offseason, make a couple more tweaks, just grow, take one more step of development, and I think he's going to be a very interesting piece moving forward for the Pirates next year. And I would absolutely be locking him up to a deal. So who do you have at number two? Okay. All right, so my number two would be David Bednar. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to flip you on that one, but okay. Okay. He's my, he's my so number you're one. Gonna go just... with, all right. He's your number one. Okay, I kind of figured I I sort of let you go. I figured we'd have we'd be aligned as far as that goes. Um yeah. but yeah, I mean, I'll let you talk about him once we get there. So, yep, um yep. but go ahead. I I presume that means you have Keller as your number 2. That is that is correct, yeah. And okay. by raw numbers, Keller had he was tied for the most war with Cabrian Hayes on the team. He had the most war as a pitcher. Um, so for me, he's number two because of how dominant Bednar was, as we previously stated, that 
Bednar had the third highest war of all relievers in all of baseball. Mitch Keller had a very nice season, proving that his 2022 second half was not a fluke. Um, he was absolutely dominant at times. He is now your uh, single-season strikeout holder for a righty pitcher in Pirates history, so there's something. Um, yep. And that's that's why he's number two for me. Yeah, I I put him number one overall just simply because I value starting pitchers a little bit more than I do uh, relief pitchers. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a, as a season goes relative to everybody else at their position in baseball, sure, David Bednar definitely had that season, um, that better season. But I, I do think that, you know, Keller, with flirting for the Cy Young at points this season, he might get a couple of votes. I don't think it's likely at this point. But, um, you know, he's he just plays a more important position. And yep. I think that ultimately that's why I, I put him ahead of, 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 of Bednar. That is not a ridiculous take at all. I completely agree with that take. Um, so, yeah, no problem there. Uh, so I sort of stated you know, my piece for Bednar at one. Uh, you want to say a couple words about Bednar? No, you got it. I, I, I'm happy with uh, – I'm, I'm totally with you on uh, – on how awesome he's been this year. Um, I, I, you know, we, we talk a lot about him because he has been, you know, that linchpin is in the bullpen yep. and just that lockdown guy. Um, it's nice that, you know, it's nice that not a lot else is going on because we can actually talk about him as yeah. a guy, <laughs> you know, yeah. we get to enjoy how good that it, season was. All right. Well, uh, we will be back next week doing a preview of the NL Central for next year. So I am Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Thanks for listening. <laughs>